0: If you are in need of therapeutic support such as counseling please seek out a therapist in near you. For today's announcements um, I wanted to first begin by saying thank you to the mothers who submitted their stories or were interviewed for their stories um, for the month of May. Um, the feedback I've received has been profound and your willingness to share your stories, to be open and vulnerable um, is helpful to others. Um, The feedback I've received has been um, gratitude for your willingness to do so and um, in helping people to feel less alone. Um, Lots of moms were able to convey to me that they found themselves in your stories and um, so that helped them to know that they're not alone and what they're currently experiencing um, with their estrangement and that is it's a soothing balm um, in a way for the um for the heartbreak right so thank you thank you thank you for trusting me with your stories um, and I hope that I was able to do each one justice and um, and again you know if you are a listener who did not share your story and want to do that please feel reach out and um, I'm happy to share your story on your behalf or set up an interview and, and have you share your own story so again thank you thank you thank you for that I also want to give thanks to those who have chosen to financially support this podcast um, by contributing either a one-time donation or a monthly donation. It helps to grow this podcast and by default, um, the support available for those experiencing estrangement. You are so very appreciated. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, for those uh, on occasion I'm asked um, or some I received some variation of, oh my gosh, I thought about starting a podcast myself. <laughs> um, so if, if that's your thing, and um, then I highly encourage you, whether it's related to estrangement or not, um, as I say about my support group, not one support group, not one podcast can be all things to all people. So many different voices are needed. And if this is a dream of yours, if this is something you've considered and um, you just didn't know what to do, or thought that the tech support or tech piece of it is really complicated, um, things like that, then I have something I'd like to share with you, and that is um, a mentor of mine, a friend of mine um, has uh, actually two of them um, are have created a podcasting course, and um, it's a podcasting course for new new podcasters by experienced um, and seasoned podcasters. And um, so if you're interested in that, highly recommend this course. I wish I had taken it before I started podcasting. The, the training I took um, was great, but this one is even far superior. And so um, anyway, if you'd like more information on that, information will be in the show notes. But just real quickly, you can go to the com backslash course. And um yeah, starting a podcast um is so much more than just starting a new hobby. Um it'll bring you growth and purpose in ways you didn't expect. Um at least that's what it did for me. And um yeah so Check it out if if you're so inclined. Um, Okay, on to today's episode. Uh, Let's start with our quotes. The first one is, Many have not made life about them. It's always been about someone else. So they have never built a relationship with themselves. They only know themselves through a relationship. And if those relationships were unhealthy... Their relationship with themselves is unhealthy. And that is by John Kim, also known as The Angry Therapist on Instagram and TikTok and Facebook, I believe. The second quote is, apologizing doesn't always mean you're wrong and the other person is right. It means you value your relationship more than your ego. And that is by Anonymous. So today's episode is titled Gatekeepers, and I struggled with that title because I don't like that term. Um, however, I know that that is the term that is used in the world of estrangement um, when it comes to those estranged adult children who, as some perceive, are only estranged due to their spouse, their significant other, their boyfriend, girlfriend. Um, And so, it's a common term that is used to describe a daughter-in-law or son-in-law who, again, from one perspective, are keeping the estranged adult child from their family or their parents, or siblings, so on and so forth. So again, I don't. It's a term I don't like, but I know that it's a term that many recognize, and so that's why I used it in the title today. Um, my take on the quote-unquote gatekeepers is very different than I feel like most um, think about, feel, etc. When it comes to the daughter-in-laws and son-in-laws or significant others of our adult children who are estranged. And because of that, I'm sure there is going to be some pushback on what I have to say today. However, I would encourage you, as I always do, and that is to put on your spectacles of curiosity and look through things from that perspective. Just get curious about something maybe looking, feeling, being different than what we have always assumed it to be. Um, There are several different things that come into play with the gatekeepers, and I think that as with You know, I talk often on this podcast about the fact that not everyone is going to end up having reconciled, um, that that's not always possible as much as we would hope that it would be and, um, want it to be It's it's a reality that not everyone is going to be reconciled. Um, and so there are different parts and pieces to the daughter-in-laws or sons-in-laws who are in our adult child's life and how these relationships are built, um how they continue, how they sustain, um, and our part in that as parents. So again, I come at this as a formally estranged mom with two daughters and two sons-in-laws. And also as I once was an estranged adult child with my own partner and their role in those estrangements for me as an estranged adult child. So again, I ask you to just listen to this with an open heart and think about it from a perspective that that you've not maybe given credence to before. So I think one of the struggles, especially um, for moms, estranged moms, is um, we go from, and I've talked about this before, we go from a managing all aspects of our children's lives. And then when they become adults, there's no game book on how to move from that manager, managerial role into more of a consultant role. Right. Um, however, that is what is really needed. And I think that a lot of us moms can get bogged down in that and, um, In essence lose our way Um, oftentimes because we've lived life longer than our adult children have because we have more life experience and hopefully a bit more wisdom with that we tend to think that we know everything that there is to know about what is best for our children and we have to remember that as they grow and they are, they become adults and they begin living life on their own outside of us and away from us, that there are parts and pieces to our adult children that we are not privy to, that we we do not know about. Um, we may think we do, but I can guarantee you that there are parts and pieces of your child's life that you are, you have no clue about. Um, regardless of how close you seem to be, regardless with, You know, how much, quote unquote, they share everything with me. I am here to tell you, they do not. And um, I would invite you to maybe consider, did you share everything with your parents about your adult life? So, that being said, (laughs) um, I think that there's a, we can take a misstep in learning how to step back and allow our children to have their lives with their spouses as as independent of us independent physically independent of us but also emotionally independent of us and um you know when our children take on partners and and become united with another person um we can be very judgmental right um and i think part of that's the mama bear piece coming out. You know, we want to protect our our children. We want to keep them from being hurt and all of those good things. And so we can tend to judge where maybe judgment is not needed. Um, in fact, I would, I would say that it's best to never judge because we don't fully know another person. So, um, and by judging, you shut down doors, you close doors instead of opening them or leaving them open. They slam shut in the face of judgment. And I think that this is in part where some of the struggles lie with quote unquote gatekeepers um, and their in-laws. So their mother-in-law or or father-in-law and our children are left in the middle. So, and if you kind of look at it from the perspective of if you've been divorced and you have, um, you know, you've remarried and now you have children, you're kind of in the the middleman in between your children and your new spouse. Well, your, your child can be in a similar situation where they're in the middle between their parent and their spouse or their significant other. And, um, that's a very uncomfortable place to be when, there, when people are, are at odds with one another, right? Um, there can be a loyalty to parents and that type of thing. And then, you know, the loyalty to the, to the spouse as well. But one of the big things that I want to encourage parents to think about today is your child, your adult child did not learn to be who they are when they left your house, right? They did not, they weren't this, and, and just for ease of example, I'm, I'm going to say, you know, from birth to 18, they weren't this one person, and then the slate's wiped clean, and then from 18 to present, they're this other person that you don't know, right? What I'm saying is there's a history, there's a history of your child has a history. Your child has become who they are based on their life experiences. So if they're 30 years old, they didn't become this adult from the time they left your home until the age of 30. They, It's not like they just, you know, in a vacuum became who they are. They brought with them zero to 18. Okay? And that has colored their life experiences, their perceptions, the way they see the world. And so what I oftentimes see, more often than not, actually, is that the adult, the estranged adult child has in essence married their one of their parents right so you could have a a son who was at odds with his mom in his formative years right and there's been you know the headbutting and you know just At one time they were really close and they, you know, generally in adolescent years, you know, there's the headbutting and the fighting against each other and, and those types of things. And, um, and then they go on and they end up marrying someone who to them subconsciously feels like home. And what does home feel like for them? Their mom their dad whether that was healthy or not healthy it feels like home to them it's familiar to them and so they naturally gravitate to that and feel like if they're not if they haven't done their inner work and they haven't figured out why they're making the choices and things that they're doing in life and they're on autopilot that feels comfortable to them. That feels normal to them. That feels like, oh, I recognize this. Their subconscious is saying, oh, I recognize this person because they seem really, really familiar and they remind me of so-and-so, of my mom or my dad. And um, that as, and I can say as a parent, that's a moment when you go, holy God, I don't like that feeling. I don't like the feeling knowing that this significant person in my child's life reminds me of me or reminds me of how I used to be as a parent when they were young. But again, just food for thought. Your Your child did not grow up and just, you know, shut off the switch at 18. And all of those life experiences just kind of stayed behind. And then they just started this new life in a vacuum over here as an adult forward. That's not how it works. Okay. So they bring all that stuff with them. So my question to you is, um, where in their childhood did they say, let's just say, allow others to speak for them. Right. I hear that often well, he, you know, he can't say anything because my daughter-in-law's, you know, she's the one running the show. And so my son doesn't have a voice and he doesn't, you know. And so my first question is, when did he learn that he didn't have a voice? And oftentimes that's met with silence because the, the estranged parent is thinking and then they say, wow, I guess they really learned that when they were a kid because either I didn't give them a voice or their father didn't give them a voice or, you know, those kinds of things. Um, when did they um, learn to succumb to demands? Right. If their wife is saying, you can't have any contact with your mom or your dad, when when in their life did they learn to say, Okay, and give in without a healthy dialogue, without learning conflict resolution, on you know being able to tell their spouse, you know, look, my parents are really important in my life, and so let's figure out a way to to make this work. Did they learn how to do that at home? Most oftentimes the answer is no. So when in their childhood, did they feel disempowered to stand up for what they wanted because we learn how to be in the world when we're children now I'm not saying this to point fingers and blame parents I'm not don't come at me with you're on their side and I did nothing wrong and don't Don't do that. That's not what I'm saying here. Again, I'm asking you to look at it through the lens of curiosity. Where might my child have learned loyalty over anything else? Where did my child learn that they could not stand up and speak their mind? Where did my child learn that it was okay to allow others to speak for them. So these are the foundations for their relationships moving forward, okay? So that's one piece of it. Again, food for thought. I'm not pointing fingers, I'm not placing all the blame with the parents. I'm not I am just simply asking you to consider what might be working behind the scenes that even your adult child is not aware of. They're not aware of Oh my gosh, I learned when I was 5 years old that, you know, I didn't have a voice and I needed to just shut up and go with the flow. They're not they don't consciously they're not consciously aware of that for the most part. Most people when they become consciously aware of things, they work to change things if it's not healthy for them, right? So again, a lens to just think about things. Okay? Another piece to this is what I often hear is um, we preach that, um, you know, our estranged adult child should take responsibility to be an adult and to this, that, and the other thing, right? But yet we give them a pass when we, as the estranged parent, perceive it to be all the gatekeeper's fault, so I hear that too, and I hear that I hear oftentimes this is more with the with sons and daughter in laws than it is with daughters and sons in laws although it it can be both but you know, what I oftentimes hear is, you know, it's all, you know, his wife's fault. She won't let him do this and she won't let him do that. And I'm thinking, where where's his responsibility in this? Doesn't he have a responsibility? You know, we're we're really quick to shout, these kids need to stand up and take responsibility for their part in this estrangement. And these kids need, to, well, what about in this case? Does he or she, your son or daughter, not have a responsibility in this piece of things? Why is it all of a sudden just one single person's problem and it's not your kid's problem? It's their spouse's problem. Again, just food for thought. Why is that? Why do we why do we give them a pass and blame everything on the in-law? Right? Um, you know, when we when we think about the term gatekeeper, the, the first thing that comes to mind for me is <laughs> um, back in the day, giving my age away, when, you know, there used to be this thing called secretaries, right? <laughs> and now they're, you know, they're administrative assistants and what have you. But back in the day when they were secretaries and you had to get through we called them guard dogs at the time, but now they're gatekeepers and things like that. You had to get through them before you could get to the boss, right? And oftentimes that secretary was the one who would say, "Oh, Mr. or Mrs. So-and-so's you know, in a meeting right now when the whole time they're sitting in their office and just don't want to talk to you." right? Um, so her job or his job as the gatekeeper is to ensure that requests are carried out. Right? So I don't know, maybe there's a time when your adult child says, you know, I just don't want to talk to her. And the in-law, the daughter-in-law or son-in-law says, well, I'll respond to that text. Do you want me to? And they go, the kid goes, yeah, I just, I'm just, I don't have it in me right now to talk to them. So it might not be that, The daughter-in-law or son-in-law is just always taking over and controlling things. Again, food for thought. You don't know because you are not there. A hundred percent of the time. To know what is happening behind the scenes. And if someone, you know, that's something I have seen that has played out with parents, right? Parents will tell, you know others in their kids' lives as their kids are growing up. Oh, little Johnny's sick. He doesn't feel like, you know, he's not able to come to school today or he's not able to go to that sleepover when, in fact, he's really fine. But he hasn't been taught how to make those calls for himself and be able to speak that for himself. So he relies upon others to do it, or she relies upon others to do it. So again, food for thought. And also the secretary, i.e. gatekeeper, um, they tend to understand their boss in ways that others are unaware, right? Again, kind of that they get the behind the scenes, you know, really know somebody and knows what makes them tick and those kinds of things and can either use that for good or bad they can use it for manipulation or they can use it for protection and all sorts of things like that. So there's, there's that piece to kind of be thinking about as well. So, and again, I know that there are cases where there is, if, if there is abuse, domestic abuse going on and someone is being, you know, verbally abused, physically abused, what have you, then these, those cases are not what I'm talking about today. Okay. Um, but I want you to stop and consider where, where along your adult child's life did they learn how to allow or learn how learn that allowing a certain behavior from another person, i.e. their spouse, brings more peace into their life than chaos. Because I oftentimes see that. Is that they're just, they're like, I'm just not, I'm not able to tolerate the chaos. And I'm not, and by chaos, meaning discord, meaning conflict, right? And so they have someone else take care of it for them. Instead of standing in their own power and doing the adult thing. Because many of us have not been taught how to be an adult in a healthy way. And there's a difference. There are lots of adults walking around on this planet. And there are lots of adults who are doing that in very unhealthy ways. And there are very few that are doing it in healthy ways. so again right um i hear a lot of times you know what if my my daughter-in-law has a mental illness um she's just controlling the narrative um you know we were all super close before um their partner came into their life um, and then all of a sudden now he's super close with her and her family kind of thing well where did they learn that loyalty, right? That maybe they can only be loyal to one person. Where where did they learn that from? Because I know I taught that to my kids. And then they had significant others, and they're now loyal to those significant others, right? And I think it's, I you know... I don't think that for me personally, I don't think loyalty is a healthy thing in general. I think that we can be respectful and loving of people, but I think loyalty can get us into off into the weeds really quick and in a really unhealthy ways. Um, but that's my personal opinion. Other people value loyalty over everything. And if you're child has gone off and married or is you know has a significant other in their life and they're having children and they've created their own family well that family to them they now have loyalty to that family right so how important is loyalty all right we got to be careful what we're we're teaching our children even as adults right Um, because it's just, you know, when we can teach love and respect and boundaries and inclusion, then that generally doesn't leave anyone out. Anyone. But somewhere along the way, we we are generally teaching loyalty to the exclusion of others. And then sometimes we find ourselves being that other that has been excluded. So I encourage, and and maybe I need to do a part two to this, um, to this particular episode, because I think that there are ways that parents can... Help their child and their child's partner to feel less judged, less um, Mm. threatened, dare I say threatened, and be able to bring some peace into into the lives of everyone and bring the family an extended family back together. So I don't know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll do a second episode and I don't know, maybe if you will let me know if that, if you feel that would be helpful. And if not, then maybe I don't do it. So, but these are some of my thoughts. Um, again, I, as I do with anything in life, when I hear someone talk about something in particular, my first question is generally, well, where did they learn that? Where, when, when were they taught that? Right. And again, it's not a—it's not from a place of judgment and pointing the finger at a parent and saying, you screwed up. Because we become empowered to make change for the better when we have awareness. We can't change things if we're not aware of something that we might want to change. Okay? So... In closing, I will leave you um with with another quote and I it kind of it's about reconciliation, but I I felt that it could apply here as well. Right? And this quote is, "Reconciliation is generally the end goal." Yet It is a side effect of having explored and healed the self in such a way as to transform the foundation of their relationship. And that quote is one of mine. So this brings this episode to a close. I hope that this time together was time you feel well spent and that you are able to find some takeaway nuggets to help you on your journey, wherever you may be on your estrangement and reconciliation path. If you feel you've received something helpful or positive from this podcast, please consider following us, sharing this podcast with others, leaving a positive review, or becoming a financial supporter through anchor.fm or Patreon. You can also follow us on social media, on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok under the same name, The Estranged Heart. As a reminder, there is an online support group. You can find that um, at facebook.com backslash estranged mothers support group. Um, If you consider yourself spiritual and not religious and you approach estrangement with a sense of curiosity rather than blame and judgment and have a desire to do inner self work and reflection, we would love to have you um, as a part of the group. And lastly, if you are an estranged parent or an estranged adult child, and would like to have your story shared on the podcast, anonymously or not, please reach out via email at theestrangedheart@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Again, theestrangedheart@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Until next time.